Uh, David Green won't let me forget, will you, brother? Amen. I'm just kidding. Acts chapter 13. If you got your Bibles tonight, say amen. 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 If you find your place, say amen. 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 Acts chapter 13, verse number 4 through verse number 10. Don't worry, it's not that late. Amen. Acts chapter 13, verse 4 through verse number 10. Y'all pray for me. I'm tired in body tonight. I've said this. So they, being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, excuse me, through the Isle unto Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man, who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the word of God. But Elimus, the sorcerer, for so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. And said, O full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of righteousness, of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to perverse, to excuse me, to pervert the right ways of the Lord. We'll stop there. So in our last study tonight, we began to see that the focus had now shifted off of Peter tonight, and we've come to the church that was over at Antioch. We began to see who it was that was at this church. The Bible said in verse number 1, Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers, as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger, and Lucius of Cyrene and Manaean, which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul. So as we said in our last study, uh, that it was here that there were prophets, and we see there were teachers. Then we see those who those teachers and prophets were. And we still yet do know tonight that the prophets are not for our time and our day. Amen. But we do know tonight that they, there were prophets in the Old Testament. And we know tonight that there was prophets in this apostolic age in our text. It was for that time. We know that uh, those have come to a stop tonight. Why? Because God has given us, amen, the prophecy of this book. We know tonight that we are not to add to this book the Word of God and we are not to add, uh, uh, take away or add to uh, the Word of God. The Bible said in Revelation 22 and 19 and if any man shall take from the words of the book of this prophecy God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. And tonight when somebody tries to add a prophecy <coughs> excuse me, and a prophecy that's not in this book, then we know that they're trying to tear down what God built up. Amen? And we are not to do that. We don't need any prophets in our day because we have the complete and the inerrant and the infallible Word of God. And friend, I want to say this tonight, what they found over in the Dead Sea is not inspired tonight because God would have given it to us if He had wanted us to have uh, the Dead Sea Scrolls. There's a lot of folk who will tell you 
that all oh, that was inspired. Listen, Freon, I'm telling you, we've got all that we need because God gave it to us in a King James Bible. That's it tonight. Uh, we don't need anything else. I don't need the Word of man. I, I need the Word of God. Amen. We've got it right here. So we see that. There have been people that have guessed when Jesus Christ was coming back, they'll prophesy the time, but you know what? They've come short every time, Brother David. They've missed it. You know why? Because the Bible plainly said that no man knows the day or the hour in which the Son of Man come. So friend, it was for this time that there was prophets and God would use these prophets in a mighty way because it had not the Bible had not all been written at this time. That's why they needed prophets. So we saw the people that were there. We read verse 2 through 3. The Bible said, As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, Separate me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereunto I have called them. The Bible said, And when they had fasted and prayed and laid their hands on them, they sent them away. So as this uh, people were now doing what the Holy Ghost of God wanted them to do, uh, this people, they were listening to what God would have them do. It's then tonight God blows by their way. That's the way that it works tonight. I mean, friend, there's people that are sitting in church houses tonight, whatever you want to call it, and they're doing things that uh, they're doing things man's way and not God's way, and they may have some kind of a movement, but I'm telling you, friend, what I like it, uh, what I like tonight is when God blows by the place. Don't you? I like to know when it's not worked up, but I like it when it's real, Brother David. And so we see tonight that the Holy Ghost of God is now moving. He's going to handpick two men to go and to do a work. So I don't know about you, but I'm going to say this. I'm glad it's God who still calls men. Amen. I'm telling you, friend, if you're not, if a person's not God called tonight, they've got no business doing what they're doing. Well, we need some young men that get on fire for God and go on for Him and live for Him the rest of their life. We do. And young women too. We need all of them. But it was here in our text, God has chosen to do that very thing in these men's lives. And I'm going to say this before we move on. That's what God wants to do with all of us. You know, God wants to use you. He wants to use us all. He'll call some people to preach. And then he, he does call us all to do something tonight. And that is to live for Him and serve Him. Calls some to preach, He calls us all to live for Him. Amen. There are many that will not do it. You know, that's a sad thing. You think about this. We live to die. Really, we do. You think about this though, having lived your whole life and done nothing for God. That'd be really sad, wouldn't it? Be a sad life. As a child of God, we ought to want to live for Christ. He gave us life. But again, it's here in our text. God has two willing vessels that He's chosen to go do this work. So this church approved of what God said. And so now they lay hands on them to show their approval. And now Saul and Barnabas have gone out of the church in Antioch to do the work that God had called them to do. So I bet it was bittersweet. I mean, friend, I don't want God... To take somebody out of our church and use them somewhere else. But I guess if he did, we'd have to let them go. But it'd be bittersweet, wouldn't it? I mean, friend, just think about our stakes would be moved somewhere else. The name of Mountain View Baptist Church would reach other places. But it'd be hard. Amen. But anyway, Barnabas and Saul have been sent away. It's here tonight that we'll begin the missionary journeys 
of a man named Paul. And so let's look at what happens as Paul takes his journey uh, for the Lord. So this man tonight used to have the people of God killed. We know that. He used to have the people of God locked up. And now he's going to preach the gospel to set the captives free. Ain't that good? Ain't it amazing what God can do with a life? Amen. It just amazes me. But friend, I want to say this. Just what could God do with you and with me if we just turn loose and let go? Friend, let's get in our study tonight and see how God is going to use Paul. Let's read again verse number 4. The Bible said, So they being sent forth by the Holy Ghost, departed unto Seleucia, and from thence they sailed to Cyprus. So I want to say this again. Notice that these men tonight, uh, Brother Danny, they weren't sent of themselves. They were sent by the Holy Ghost of God. That is very important tonight. May I say to you, these men did not need seminary. We're living in a day where, well, we don't want this one if he hasn't been to seminary. Well, I wasn't so much worried about that. Amen. These men didn't need a college degree to go. Amen. These men had all they needed tonight when the Holy Ghost of God had called upon them. Listen tonight, you know me. Uh, we support a Bible college at the church, but I'm telling you tonight, friend, Bible college never called anybody to preach. It's got to be the Holy Ghost of God that sends men out to do the work. A true cause, not a mommy and daddy call. A man can't stand up simply because, well, mom and daddy said I'd make a good preacher. Well, mom and daddy thought I'd make a lot of good things. I'd end up being one of them. <laughs> a true cause, not just something somebody decides up and do one day. We used to have a neighbor. He would drink like a fish on the weekend and say, you know what? I said, what? He said, I think I'll be the worst thing he never did. That's what I was thinking in my head. Worst thing he could ever do. And he never done it that I know of. He's moved off now. But anyway, the call must come from the Holy Ghost of God. Or it's not a call at all for you. And these men were called the right way. So after that call, we now see Paul and Barnabas go to a land in our text called Seleucia. Uh, from there tonight, we see that they're going to go to a land called Cyprus. And it's right here we begin to embark on an interesting journey through our Bible. Would you take a trip with me tonight? I'm just going to give you a little bit. Uh, history's an interesting thing to me. So let's just take a trip. And let's kind of put our mind tonight in the way that Paul was. Now this man, I mind you, had no car to drive. Alright, he has to walk. Uh, he might have had a horse or camel, I don't know. I have no idea. But I'll tell you this, he didn't have homes like we have today. They didn't have the, the, the air conditioner. And they didn't have all that. So picture Paul tonight. He's going on his... Missionary journey. And if you want to mark this in your Bible, I guess you could say this is Paul's first missionary journey. But it's as we're here that we see God is now going to begin His work out of a church in Antioch. I'm trying to move along. But may I say to you that that's the way God works. He works through the church. Amen. He does that. Uh, anyway, if anybody tries to do anything outside of the church and outside of God, it's not going to work. It will not work. Anyway, it's here and as God begins to do this work, what do you think is going to happen? I mean, do you think that it's going to be an easy road? 
No. If you answered yes to that, you're in for a big surprise. The most part of this chapter number 13, we're going to see how Paul suffered for what we believe tonight. God never said it'd be easy for you, but I'm glad tonight that it's the Word of God that lets you and I know tonight that it's all going to be worth it. Hey, you might say tonight that this thing of being a Christian is not easy. No, sometimes it's not easy. I have heard people in my life say, oh, it's the easiest thing I've ever done. Well, I'm glad for you because sometimes it's tough on me. Is it ever tough on you? Amen. You know who makes it tough? Number one, myself. And number two, people make it tough, don't they? I'm doing fine till I get behind somebody going 25 to church on Sunday morning. It makes it pretty hard. Amen. God never said it'd be easy, but it'll be worth it. Well, we now see that Paul and Barnabas, they're leaving Antioch. We see they go to Seleucia. Now, Seleucia, now I'm just going to give you a bunch of history tonight. Seleucia tonight is a seaport. Alright, so they embark upon a seaport and we see that now they're going to sail to Cyprus and one man said this about Cyprus. He said it was a land in which the gospel of Christ had not reached. So we see tonight, Paul is traveling with uh, a Barnabas here and they are going to a place tonight where the gospel has never been heard. It has never been told there. They've never heard the news about it. Could you imagine stepping into a place and they have never heard about Jesus Christ? That's what Paul is doing right now. So they've sailed out. They went to Cyprus. Look at this, verse 5. The Bible said, And when they were at Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. And they had also John to their minister. So it was now, as Paul and Barnabas reached Lamb, in Cyprus they go to Salamis, and the thing they do tonight is they preach the Word of God. And friend, the thing that God does not give us tonight is that He does not give us the detail of their trip, but He gives us what's most important tonight. What's the most important thing that we can ever do tonight is preach the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. So not only were these men called by God, they were also men that were going to preach whatever God told them to preach. Amen. That's what we need in our day and in our time. Is it not? We need some people to just tell the truth, don't we? Amen. Uh, friend, the Bible said in Isaiah 55 verse 10 through 11, For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen the snow and then go back over there? The Bible said it didn't do that. What happened to it? We didn't see it go back up in there, but it does. But anyway, we didn't see it. Friend, the Bible said this. So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. May I say to you tonight, the devil has had it in for the Word of God for a long time, but I'm glad tonight it's still yet the Word of God that's going to accomplish what God sent the Word to do. Ain't you glad of that? The devil's trying to stop the Word of God for years. But tonight, here we are in Mount View Baptist Church looking at what the devil's trying to destroy. We still got it, don't we? Amen. So, God's going to accomplish what He sent His words to do. It's in this city in which they're now in that was said to have a strong Roman power there. Now, does anybody know anything about Rome? 
I don't know a lot either, but I know this. I know enough to be dangerous. They were powerful. Rome was powerful. But it doesn't matter tonight how much power Rome may have. Amen. Because it was these men that had something more powerful tonight than Rome could ever have. What they have, preacher, the Word of God that's sharper than any two-edged sword. Hey, friend, they had the Word. And when I say that, please don't think I mean they had the Bible as we have it in our day. Don't ever get confused. It wasn't completely written then. So these men tonight, this is why this was this apostolic time. God would give these men what He wanted them to say. Alright? So we see that. They still preach the words that we preach today. God would give them what we have here. Is that not amazing? Amen. So it was as they're in this land of Cyprus called Salamis. It was the commercial capital of Rome. So what that means tonight is it was a place that would be full of people. But it was the Holy Ghost of God that sent these men tonight to where they could reach the majority of the world at one time. So when Paul and, and Barnabas, and when they go on missionary journeys lots of times, here's what will happen. They'll go to the place where the most people are at. Because God wants to get the gospel out. Alright, so keep that in your mind. So God sent them to where they can reach the most. And then the most was supposed to reach the less. Does that make sense? And while they were there, they went to the synagogues where the Jews were having service. They preached to them the Word of God. And one man said they went there because it gave them some measure of common ground. It probably did. You've got to remember they were Jews. So they knew how to reach the Jewish people. And then we see tonight that there was another that went with them and accompanied them. John Mark was there. But it's as they were preaching, opposition now comes in. Here's Paul and Barnabas in a place the gospel's never been preached. They're preaching the word of God in these Jewish synagogues. And now look what happens. 6 through 7, the Bible said this. And when they had gone through the Isle of Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus, which was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus, a prudent man who called for Barnabas and Saul and desired to hear the Word of God. Ain't that amazing? Here's this man. He wants to hear. Get all of this. As if all the land they had traveled probably was hard, and all the weather they probably had to endure was probably hard too. They're getting ready to face something a lot harder. It's now they're going to meet some people along this journey. Look who they meet first. So it's here in our text. We see they've gone now through the Isle of Paphos. And it's in this land. There was people there. They worship false gods. Listen to me. This is how we know tonight man has a desire to worship something. God put that in there. Whether it's football we worship, basketball we worship, I hope it's time we worship. Amen. But whether, whether we worship, I'm telling you, uh, we have that desire in us to worship something. So, before they even got there, they worshiped false gods. The one they worshiped to that day was a god called Venus. Alright? She was said to be the goddess of love. So, I'm not going to go into great detail with all that, but you can imagine what kind of stuff's going on in the land uh, there. What these people probably do tonight, but at any rate, if you're to study that out, the people thought she was born out of the foam of the sea. Now, ain't that crazy? These people worship anything, wouldn't they? You've got to understand, they've never heard the gospel. God's going to desire them to worship something. 
They're getting ready to hear the truth. Alright? So we see that. Because you and I see what kind of land they're coming to. Could you imagine coming to a land tonight where you have walked miles and miles and miles upon, you've sailed to this place, and then all of a sudden you get there, and they are worse than some goddess that's made from the foam of the sea. They may not have had a God to go after, but just like there was a lot of lust then, I'll say this, there's a lot of lust in our day. Ain't too many young folk here. But you know what happens the first boyfriend they get? Oh, I'm so in love. Where are they at now? You know what that's called? Lust. Lust fizzles out. Love stays, right? It's supposed to. Amen. Anyway, they're in a land. There, there's lust everywhere. They're in this land where the people fought this God. But here they come in tonight to preach about the true and the living God. But as soon as they might begin to open their mouth, opposition comes in. They run into this man. The Bible said they found a certain sorcerer, a false prophet, a Jew, whose name was Bar-Jesus. Bar-Jesus means the son of Joshua or it means the son of Jesus. But at any rate, when we look in this next in that verse, we can see this man was with the deputy of the country, Sergius Paulus. Now this man was over many soldiers as far as history tells. Then the word of God says Sergius Paulus was a prudent man. What that means, he was smart. He was wise. He wasn't a dummy. Okay? But he was liberal in his views according to history. That's not Bible, that's history. I, I don't know. But at some point, news had had to spread now that these men were preaching. Because Sergius Paulus says, I desire to hear the word of God. So over here on this island that they've come to, there's a man that's never heard, but he has heard the news that something was changing in the area. This man now wants to hear the gospel of Christ. Let's read verse number 8 and see what happens. The Bible says, But Elamus the sorcerer, for so his name, so is his name by interpretation, withstood them, seeking to turn away the deputy from the faith. So here we see these men, they're doing tonight what God had called them to do. But now all of a sudden they're met by this sorcerer. He's trying his best to get this deputy to not believe the gospel of Christ. Already they just got there and there's opposition. It was this sorcerer tonight, he practiced witchcraft. And that's what people do in our day and time as well. It's out there. He would be one that was a Satan worshiper of those days. And if there was any way he could put a stop to the gospel being preached and to the word that God was trying to do, it's going to be this man in our text. So he now tries to get this deputy to not hear the word of God. I truly believe this man did not want the word of God to be spread. And may I say to you tonight, the devil don't want it to be spread either. He don't. He was no doubt trying to get this man not to hear. You know why? The Bible said in Romans 10 and 17, so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. He didn't want this man to hear the Word of God. If a devil can get people not to hear, he might be able to keep them in hell. Why do you think nobody wants to come to the house of God? Well, so he's trying to get this man not to hear. Now read verse 9 through 10. Amen. We're doing well. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, Filled with the Holy Ghost, set his eyes on him. I like that. And listen to what he said. And said, Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil. You think my preaching's mean. 
Oh, child, thou child of the devil, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? My friend, this sorcerer is trying to stop the truth of God from going out in our text, but little did he know, he's about to meet his match tonight, a man named Paul tonight. Notice that for the first time in our Bible, Saul is now called Paul. He will be from this point on, but it was Paul that was his Gentile name. He had a Jew name and a Gentile name. And it shows tonight he was sent to the Gentiles to share the gospel of Christ to them. But it's here that his ministry to the Gentiles now begins. So this man named Paul came out of the church at Antioch. He didn't come out to play games. He come to preach. Amen. I like this. The Bible said in Romans 11 and 13, For I speak to you Gentiles. This is Paul. Inasmuch as I am the apostle of the Gentiles, I magnify my office. Is this man named Paul, he had come to preach. He didn't care who he preached to. He didn't care when he preached it. He'd come to preach. The only thing that he wanted to do in his life was preach the gospel of Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9 and 16, For though I preach the gospel, I have nothing to glory of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yea, woe is unto me if I preach not the gospel. Paul said, that's what I've been sent to do. Come to preach is what he's been called to do. And is it not here we should expect anything less from Paul tonight? Listen, it's now that this man of God lays eyes upon this sorcerer in our text. I can see Paul's. He might have given him the look. You may not ever get the look from your wives. Yeah. It's really scary. Huh? Anyway. Paul gives him the look. Lays his eyes upon him. Amen. So here's Paul tonight. He's fastened his eyes upon this man. And this sorcerer might have knew he's in trouble now. Friend, I don't know about you, but I'm just like a man of God. That'll just go ahead and look at me and point out everything wrong in my life so I can get it right. Don't you? Don't back down. I'm telling you. We need the truth today. Anyway, listen to what he said in verse 10. Read it again. Oh, full of all subtlety and all mischief, thou child of the devil, as he's given him the look, thou enemy of all righteousness, wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord? Paul was not going to back down from this sorcerer tonight. He didn't care what kind of witchcraft he practiced. And just because this man taught some kind of false religion, Paul didn't care. It was time for him tonight to hear the truth. And I guess we could say tonight that it's called rebuke. Well, nobody likes to be rebuked. Well, that's what Paul done. And what it is that Paul was saying, if you were to look up all these words, because I didn't know what all of them meant, Paul was calling this man to his face full of deceit and fraud. You ever called anybody a liar? You know what they do, don't you? Start getting tensed up a little bit. I can see this man, he's now getting tensed up. Hey, man. That's what subtlety means. So this sorcerer tonight knew he's deceiving people like many are in our day when they say they can talk to the dead and all that mess. I'll tell you what, friend. They might be talking to somebody, but I guarantee you this. It's probably not sure your dead relatives. There are spirits in the world today. Anyway, let's move on. So notice that Paul told this man he's full of mischief. Which also means sleight of hand. So we see this man was sly. He's cunning. He'd be one of those smooth talkers. Like a car salesman. I guess you could say. It's a smooth talker. But it's after that he calls him a child of the devil. Huh. 
You think my preaching's mean. You say, preacher, that's mean. Let me refresh your memory. Is that not what Jesus called the Pharisees? We've got the wrong idea of Christ sometimes. He would tell the truth. Listen, Jesus Christ said in John 8 and 44, Ye are of your father the devil. And the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaketh the lie, he speaketh of his own for he's a liar in the father of Sometimes the truth can hurt. But sometimes it's exactly what's needed. It's still yet the truth needs to be told. And it was this man that was a deceiver. Deceivers are children of the devil. And the Bible tells us where uh, deceivers end up at. Revelation 21 and 8. But the fearful and unbelieving and the abominable and murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars, deceivers, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. So he calls him a deceiver. He calls him a liar. He calls him an enemy of righteousness. So anything that was good, this sorcerer hated. So he hates the word of God. I want to say this. Is that not the way the world is today? Anything good is bad. Anything you pronounce as evil, you better be ready to take some backlash for. It's you and it's me tonight that are saved that ought to be children of the truth. But the sad thing I'm finding out tonight is there are many who don't like the truth that even say they're saved. The Bible said in Hebrews 12 and 13, and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. How can something get healed? It's first got to know the truth. You know why they don't want our children in school to know the truth? Because they want to warp their mind. We need the truth for you. The Bible said in John 8, 31 through 32, then Jesus uh, to those Jews, then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. It's God's word that many people don't like because they just simply don't like the truth. You get in the word of God, it don't take very long to find out something that you're doing wrong. And I'm doing wrong. Well, so what have they done? Well, let's just change it. Throw this word out. Throw this word out. Oh, let's throw this one out too. Even take hell out of the places. That's a, that's a bad word. I don't like that. So, what we need is the truth. Hell's still real. I'm telling you, we've lied to children long enough. Tell them the truth. Friend, I'm glad it's in this word of truth that you and I have. We know how to be set free from sin, which is by and through the blood of Jesus Christ. But I'm afraid there are so many that are leaving the truth. And the Bible lets us know that many will in the last days. But friend, let it not be said of me and let it not be said of you that we have left the truth. In the book of Luke, John the Baptist said verses in Luke chapter 3, 5 through 6. Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be brought low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough ways shall be made smooth, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. When you see the phrase crooked, it's talking about all those that have went away from the Word of God. They're mentioned in Proverbs 2, 13 through 15. The Bible said this, Who leave the paths of uprightness to walk in the ways of darkness. 
who rejoice to do evil and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked and they forward in their path. Psalms 125 verse 5 sends out a warning. The Bible said, As for such as turn aside unto their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them forth with the workers of iniquity, but peace shall be upon Israel. The sorcerer was not in the right way, that's for sure. But just like he was not in the right way tonight, there's many tonight that have let down. There's many tonight that have let go and they quit on God. But don't let it be said of us. That'd be bad, wouldn't it? To know next week we come in here and to know that oh so and so picked up the bottle again. Wouldn't it be sad? It'd be sad. Wouldn't it be bad to come in here and next week here that so and so decided to pick up a needle again? Wouldn't it be bad to come in here and, and know that so and so's went off with somebody else's wife or husband? Don't stop. Keep going forward. And love the truth. Because the truth will help us and make us free. We should also know as well we're not above. Listen to me. This is probably preventative maintenance. But we're not above turning away. Please understand that. I don't know my own heart, but God knows what's in my heart. Friend, I don't know what tomorrow holds. I don't know what my attitude's going to be in the next five minutes, but God knows. We should know that we're not so high and mighty that we won't be the next ones to turn outside the way. Paul was in the middle of these unbelievers. But you know what tonight? He's in this land where they're worshiping false gods. But you know what else he is? He's standing strong in the faith. Looks this man in the eye, gives him the look, and says, let me tell you something. You're a child of the devil. And I don't like you. I could see him, couldn't you? He just told him the truth. Where are the people at tonight that say, Lord, you know my heart. And I don't even know my own heart. But where are the people at tonight that would say, Lord, help me to stand in the truth. Help me to keep going in the truth. Help me not to turn away. Friend, let's keep going like Paul. In our next study, we'll pick up. We'll get to see which one gets the victory. Will it be Paul? The, will it be Paul? Will it be the sorcerer? Will it be the deputy? Who gets the victory? If you've already read it, you probably know. But if you ain't, well, I can't tell you not to read it, but go right ahead if you want to. It's exciting to me. But friend, here's the, here's the message tonight. Will you be found in the faith like Paul? Or will you be one that's departed? All through Paul's journeys, there are going to be many that depart. Paul never did. What about you? Let's all stand with our heads bowed and our eyes closed tonight. I'm done.